All right, Seth, here you go. Hey, that's me. Yep, same order as yesterday and every day for the past eight weeks. <laughs> yep, I just really like it here. Yeah, well, it's been great getting to know you. And you too. Thanks, have a nice day. Um, I mean to ask you something. Um, did you possibly want to go out sometime? Oh, um, I'm actually seeing someone. <laughs> oh, oh, um, I, not like that, not like you need it. I meant like, um, did you want to go out to church with me for Easter Sunday? Oh, yeah, my boyfriend and I would love to go. I mean, he doesn't have to come if he doesn't want to. What? I mean, I'll see you there. Well, hello, Edinburgh Church. Uh, we're doing something a little different today, church from home, trying to do our part uh, to help slow the spread of this coronavirus. Uh, but we're glad that you are tuned in uh, today. Um, as you just saw, hey, Easter is coming. It's going to be here before we know it. And uh, we want to see lives changed uh, here at Edinburgh Church. We want to see God's kingdom become a little more crowded. We want to see God glorified, and we can't do that without you. And so we would humbly ask you to consider, please, serving. Be a part of what God's going to do in this place uh, this Easter. And also consider, who could you invite? Who's that person who needs to be here this Easter to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, to have the hope that we have through what Jesus Christ has already done uh, for us. Uh, hey, we are in a series called God Never Said That, but before we jump into that series, uh, many of you know President Trump did declare today uh, a national day of prayer. Uh, he uh, is asking for us to uh, join forces with, with other uh, churches and, and, and be in prayer for this coronavirus thing uh, that, it, that is taking a toll. Uh, on our country, our community, and, and the world. And so um, I would just ask us, can we just bow our heads in, in a word of prayer? I'd love to lead us in a prayer before we jump into the message. Heavenly Father, we need you. Uh, this, this coronavirus is just a reminder uh, that life is fragile, uh, that we are not ultimately in control, and that you are. And so we just want to call on your name right now as your people. We want to just say, God, be, be with us. Be uh, shine through this uh, in such a way that, that people would know it's you, that you are with us, that you love us, that you care for us, that you even have a plan in and through this. And God, we want to just lift up all of our governmental leaders to you right now. Uh, we would just pray that you give them wisdom, you give them guidance. Uh, God, help them to make uh, wise choices for the good uh, of the people. Um, that they govern. Uh, Lord, I want to pray for just the citizens of our community and this country who are going to be impacted and affected uh, by, by some of these decisions that have already been put in place. We know kids, uh, many of them will not be in schools. We know that businesses are going to be closed. People uh, are maybe going to be going without paychecks. Uh, businesses are going to be struggling uh, with revenue because of all this. And God, so we just want to pray over all that. We ask that you would cover it, that you would be our great provider. Uh, in, in the midst of this. And Lord, we also know you are a great healer. I want to pray that you would heal our land. 
that you would heal our country, that you would heal our world uh, from, from this virus. Um, God, we pray for those who are already sick. Uh, last I heard, 21 here in Minnesota, and there was many more uh, across the country and many more than that across the world. God, would you bring healing uh, where healing is, is, is needed? Help us to be wise in taking precautions so that th- this, this, this thing can, uh, we can slow down the spread of it and so the effects wouldn't be as bad as they would if we didn't exercise wisdom, but we know ultimately wisdom comes from you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so, God, we call on your name to help us uh, through all of this. And I am going to pray that you could even use this for good because you promised us in your word that you will use things like this even for a greater good if we will turn our hearts to you. Maybe we could put away some of our petty differences and we could be united in this, Lord, and so I just pray that you would use it to, to, to help us uh, as a country and as your people to turn our hearts ultimately back to you, uh, that God, maybe this could be an opportunity for us um, to get our hearts right with you. I know you care more about the health of our souls than you do even the health of our bodies, And so may you use this to point people to your son, Jesus Christ. Help use us as a church to do that in ways that you seem, you you think are best, God. So even as as leaders of this church, we look to you for, for guidance during this time. Reveal to us what it is you want us to do and how you want us to act uh, as your people. We're going to ask all of this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, we are wrapping up our series today, God Never Said That, and and today I will tell you we are dealing with the most controversial topic of this entire series, which is you should never judge anyone. I've heard many Christians say that. I've probably said that myself at some point uh, in my Christian journey that, you know, it's not my place to judge. As Christians, we should never judge anyone else. Um, Some of you have heard me tell this story before, but this was many, many, many years ago. Uh, Danielle and I were just dating, and we were at this gym in the city we had never been in before. And so we were the last ones out of this gym. I don't remember why we hung around so, so long. Everyone else had cleared out. We were on our way out. It was dark outside. And uh, just before we exited this, this gym building, a guy comes running up to the window, banging on the glass, saying, help me, let me in, help me. We were pretty naive at the time. The guy did not seem rational and in, in the right state of mind. But we walked outside and uh, said, you know, what's wrong? As soon as we approached this guy, though, I, I could smell a wave of alcohol coming off of him. But we said, sir, you know, what's going on? How can we help when he screamed primarily at Danielle, opened up his trench coat and said, can't you see I've been shot? Now, it was dark outside. We really couldn't see anything underneath his trench coat. But a moment later, here's what I remember. He was pointing a gun right at my face, just like that. I expected him to pull the trigger. He didn't. And so I yelled, run. And so Danielle and I turned around and we ran, expecting a gunshot to go off any moment. 
Again, we're in this city that we've never been in before, and so we have no idea where we're running. And I kid you not, this is God's grace. We, we ran right into a police car that was pulling out of a police station. And I mean actually ran into the car, like had to put our hands on the hood of this car to stop ourselves as we were running. And so we went inside. Uh, the police officer took, a, took our report. Uh, Danielle got a cup of coffee. I got a new pair of shorts. And... Um, uh, I'll never forget, though, what the, the officer said to us. He said, this guy lives in a drunk house where a bunch of people chip their money in uh, together and, and, and they just live in this house and they drink all day. He said his brain is literally mush. So he had no idea whether he was going to pull that trigger or not. I bring up this story because you see how complicated this issue is of whether or not we should ever judge somebody else. You know, maybe we should have made a, a judgment when he came banging on the glass and wasn't acting quite uh, rational. Maybe it was when we smelled that alcohol. Should we have done something differently? This is a complicated topic. Should we ever judge anyone else? Many Christians don't think that we should, and part of that is because of something Jesus says. And so I want to read what Jesus says in Matthew 7 so you see where this idea of not judging anyone comes from. Jesus says this in Matthew 7, verse 1. He says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. He says, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So there you have it. Jesus seems to say, it's not our place to judge. We should never judge. But one thing we have to do when we read the Bible is we have to look at the context. As students of the scriptures, we have to see, what do the surrounding scriptures tell us about what Jesus is saying here? Uh, does it shed any light on what Jesus means when he says, do not judge? Well, let's look at the rest of what Jesus says, and let's pick this up in verse 3. Jesus goes on to say, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then don't miss this. And then you will see clearly. Then you will be able to make a proper judgment. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus is actually assuming we should make judgments, but we need to make wise judgments. We need to be able to see clearly so that we can make right judgments. He's not saying that we should never make judgments. He's saying be sure you make good judgments. So when Jesus says do not judge here, what he's actually saying is do not make foolish Judgments, And so with the rest of the time that we have, uh, I, I, I want to talk about two things we should never do when making a judgment and two things that we should do when making a judgment. In other words, uh, how to avoid making foolish judgments and, and how to make wise judgments. So two things we should never do when making a judgment. First, I should never base it on mere appearance. When making a judgment, I should not base it on mere appearance, okay? 
Jesus makes this very clear, and you're going to see that Jesus actually does tell us, it actually commands us to make judgments. Uh, John 7, 24, Jesus says this. He says, stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge what? Correctly. Make right judgments. Uh, when my son, Logan, was about two years old, uh, Danielle and I decided to buy this little contraption right here. Okay? Now, what it is, it's a backpack that Logan wears that has this uh, tail that hangs from it. So Logan would proudly wear this backpack while Danielle or I would hold on to the end of this tail. Not leash, tail, okay? Now, were there times where Logan ran a little too fast and we might jerk on the end of this tail and there might be a little yelp? Yes, okay? Uh, were there maybe uh, times where Logan couldn't keep up with us fast enough and might fall down and he might get dragged a little bit, you know, through a store or something like that? Yeah, that happened. Were there times where we tied the end of this tail to a tree so that we could go on a date night? Uh, no. Okay, we, we never did, did that. Uh, but here's one of the things we, we, we realized when we would go out in public with this contraption. We could quickly feel the judgmental glances. And I don't know what people were exactly thinking about us. Maybe they were thinking we were mean parents. Maybe they were thinking we were overly strict parents. Maybe they were thinking we were overly paranoid parents. I don't know what, what people were thinking, but we could feel, and you can feel when you're being judged. We could feel the judgmental glances. But here's what people didn't know. They didn't know that our son, Logan, had a tendency to run away. In fact, on two occasions, Logan had run off and, and scared the daylights out of his mom and me. In fact, uh, one time he ran away at a department store in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, I, have never been, I don't think I've ever been more scared in my life looking for my son in that downtown department store. But see, people didn't know that. They didn't have the full story. They didn't realize it wasn't because we were strict or mean parents. It was because we loved our son and because we wanted what was best for him. We can be so quick to judge people based on mere appearances. We do this all the time. We, we, we judge people because of the clothes they wear. We judge people because of their haircut. We might judge people uh, for their age, too young, too old. We judge people, sadly, because of the color of their skin. Uh, we might judge people right now who are maybe afraid uh, and a little more cautious during this coronavirus uh, situation. But maybe what we don't know is that they have an elderly parent at home, and they've got to be very careful that they don't bring it home to that parent. Uh, we, are, we are tempted to, to judge others based on simply mere appearances. We even do this to other Christians sometimes, just based on maybe a, a, a mere flaw that we might see in their life. Uh, I, I had a friend named Red many, many years ago. I, I led Red to Christ, and uh, Red got baptized about a year later. But Red was very, very rough around the edges. And uh, he had a mouth on him, and he had a tendency to get in arguments with people and even start fights and things like that. But what people didn't know about Red, because they were tempted to just write him off. People even wondered, is Red really even a Christian? I don't know if you've ever had that thought about saying, hey, you're really even a Christian. But here's what people didn't know about Red. Uh, he had grown up uh, with a mom who had abandoned him. Uh, she uh, 
struggled with alcoholism. So his mom had, had run off at a young age. He, he didn't know his father. He lived with his grandmother, uh, but then his grandmother died. And Red was all alone to raise his handicapped brother all by himself. And if people would have known where Red started and where Red was a year later, they would have seen that Red had grown more in his spiritual walk than I had probably grown in the last five years of mine. Friends, we got to be very careful that we don't judge people based on mere appearances. That's the first thing we should not do, is base our judgments on mere appearance. There is often more to the story. Okay, the second thing that we should not do when making a judgment is expect an unbeliever to live according to Christian values. When we're making judgments, we should not expect unbelievers to live like believers. We shouldn't expect them to live according to Christian values. Uh, the Apostle Paul tells us this in 1 Corinthians uh, 5. He says, what business of mine is it to judge those outside the church? Talking about those who aren't believers, who haven't made a commitment to Christ. Are you not to judge those inside? We're going to talk about that a little bit later. He says, God will judge those outside. We are not to expect unbelievers to live according to Christian values. Now listen to me. This does not mean that we do not believe in right and wrong. This does not mean we do not stand on the word of God and know the difference of what is true and what is not true. This doesn't even mean there's not a time where we need to stand up for things in society and say that is right, this is wrong. Okay, But we're talking about our personal relationships here Paul is saying it is not our business to call out an unbeliever when they are living in sin, expecting them to, to hold to our same values. We are not to judge unbelievers according to Christian values. It, it never fails. Uh, this has happened to me so many times over the years. I have lost count where I will be at some kind of uh, you know, party or function where it's mostly made up of unbelievers and somebody will come up and buddy up to me that I've never met before and we'll get talking and we'll start laughing and before I know it, they are telling me about some kind of sin issue in their life. Uh, they're telling me about how fun it is and, and things like that. Uh, you know, maybe it's their trip to Vegas and something wild that they did there or maybe it's how they got sloshed or drunk, you know, with their friends this past weekend and did something stupid. Maybe it's the girlfriend that they've been sleeping with, something like that. I don't know, I just must have that face where people feel comfortable telling me this stuff, but then the question inevitably comes. So, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor, and I would tell you 98% of the time, 98% of the time, that person excuses themselves from the conversation and tries to get as far away from me as possible. Okay? The only time they'll acknowledge me for the rest of that party is if they say a cuss word in hearing distance, and they'll look my way and say, oh, I'm sorry. Why do they do that? Because they think I'm going to judge them. They, they, they think I'm going to call them out because of what they just told me. Friends, what we have to understand as believers is that people who aren't believers, they think that all we are about is rules, they think as Christians that all we're about is following rules. Now, don't hear me wrong. There are rules. Sometimes I hear Christians say, you know, it's not about rules. Well, there's some rules. 
There's some guidelines that Jesus teaches us. But it's not primarily about the rules. Primarily, it's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Primarily, it is about knowing Jesus. One of the things we say here uh, as a church, it's not change. You know, start following the rules, and then you can come in. It's come in here, and let's see if you don't change. Come in and get to know this Jesus, and let's see if you don't start wanting to follow the rules, the guidelines that this Jesus put in place for our own good. Friends, that has to be our heartbeat. It's to point people to Jesus. It's to help people fall in love with Jesus. It's to help people see how good our Jesus is. And then maybe if they get to know him, They'll want to start following the rules. By the way, if you're a parent, this is true for our kids. Yes, every household needs to have family rules, but mom and dad, your primary hope and responsibility for your child is to point them to Jesus so that they fall in love with this Jesus so that when they leave your household rules, they still follow his rules because they know his rules are good. Our job is not to judge those outside of the church, to call out, Our job is to point them to Jesus. I can't help but wonder if some of us have someone in our life that maybe we need to sit down with, talk about how Jesus has shaped our life and changed our life. Maybe there's someone you need to invite to church. Maybe this Easter. Don't don't underestimate the power of an invitation into this place uh, and what God does when God's people come together and worship and, and study God's word together. It's powerful. Okay, so these are the two things we do not want to do. We do not want to judge based on mere appearances, and we don't want to expect unbelievers to live according to Christian values. That that would be foolish. But do we need to make judgments? Absolutely, we have to make judgments. Jesus wants us to be wise. He wants us to make right judgments, wise judgments. If you're a mom and dad, you've got to be able to make judgments about your children. How are your kids doing these days? What kind of movies are they watching? What kind of TV shows how much time are they spending on electronics? You need to be able to make wise judgments and maybe have to have a tough conversation with your child from time to time. If you're thinking about dating someone, you need to be able to make a wise, right judgment. Uh, is this person, does this person love Jesus? Is this a person of character? If they are, go for it. Uh, But some of us, we started off, yep, I'm looking for a Christian. Then, oh, well, if they're just a good person, now it's just, do they have a pulse? Friends, the Bible says we are not to be unequally yoked. That we need to look for, if you're thinking about getting married, you want to look for someone who shares your same values, who loves this Jesus and is a person of character. If you're thinking about going into business with somebody, if you are, Uh, thinking of uh, doing business with someone. You want to know, you know, is this a person I can trust? Jesus wants us to make wise judgments. So how do we do that? Well, let me give you uh, a couple things uh, that help us uh, when when we're making judgments. First, I have to examine myself first. I've got, to, I've got to examine my, myself. Again, Jesus says this. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and then pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time 
there's this plank in your own eye. Jesus is giving us this picture. I mean, here we are looking at the speck in someone else's eye, the sin in their life. Meanwhile, we've got this plank. Everybody sees it. Everybody is aware. We're swinging this thing around. People are having to, like, dodge, you know, out of, out of, out of you know, your way. And Jesus is saying, don't, don't do that. You, you need to do some self-examination. I, I've been very honest uh, with, <laughs> with you over the years that one of my struggles, and by the way, I've gotten so much better at this, okay? But, but, but a few years back, it used to be really bad. I used to lose my mind driving in traffic. I had a real temper, I had just a real anger problem if I was stuck in traffic or someone was driving too slow. And I don't know if any men who are married can relate to this, um, but the Holy Spirit often sounds like my wife. Anybody relate to that? I remember Danielle one time just calling me out on this. She said, Brent, our kids are in the back seat. Here you are yelling at this guy. You're ranting in front of them. You, 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 you just called him a jerk. Meanwhile, you've been trying to teach our kids to love God and to love each other and to love people and to be willing to forgive. And now you just called that guy a jerk in front of them. And then my son, a teacher had taught them this word. I kid you not, my son from the back seat said, Dad, you're a hypocrite. And I realized they were right. And so now I don't call people jerks. I pray for the jerks. Okay, but I, I realized that they were right. I realized I, I needed to do some self-examination. Like, why did I have this temper problem? Why was I getting so mad when I was in, in the car and just losing my mind? And as I did some self-examination, I, I came to realize, and I hope you hear my heart in this, uh, it, it had to do with my view of God. Um. For me, it has always been very easy to believe that God is a just God. It's always been very easy to believe that our God is a God of justice and uh, that, that our God treats sin very seriously. That, that for me, I, I, had, I never struggled to believe that. But what I have struggled to believe over the years is that God loves me. That God is willing to show me grace in the midst of my sin. That our God is a merciful God who gives us second chances. I, I, I have to tell you, that for me, I've had to fight to believe that. That has been a struggle to believe I really am a son of God. That he calls me his child. But as I started meditating on that more, dwelling more on God's love. You know, scriptures like John 3, 16, you know, it tells us about God's love. Looking at passages that talk about his grace and his mercy, it's interesting how it changed my heart. Uh, friends, I would tell you, it has made me a more gracious parent. It has made me more gracious towards my wife. It's even made me more gracious to the jerks on the road, okay? I have found myself becoming more loving as I've meditated on the love of God. And I don't know if somebody needs to hear that out there, but it's amazing how our thoughts on God influence and affect the way we, we behave. 
Okay? I, that started with self-examination. The first thing we've got to do when we're making a judgment, how, how, are, how am I doing? I've got to do some self-reflection. Okay, second thing, and the last thing I want to talk about today is when making a judgment, I should seek to restore a fellow Christian living in sin. When making a judgment, I should seek to restore a fellow Christian living in sin. Again, let's look at what Jesus says. In verse 5, he says this. He says, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. And then he says, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It is a responsibility of ours to be able to see clearly so that we can help restore a fellow Christian who is living in sin. What kind of friend would we be? What kind of parent would we be if we knew a friend or a child was looking at pornography and we didn't step in and say, brother, son, daughter, sister in Christ, you know how damaging this is. You know this is going to affect your soul and you know this is going to affect your relationships with other people. What kind of friend would we be if a friend started throwing around the divorce word and we didn't speak into their life Say, let's talk about this. How can I pray for you? How can I help you during this time so that maybe there could be some restoration and some reconciliation here? What, what kind of friend would you be if you knew your friend was sleeping around with their boyfriend, their girlfriend, maybe living together, and you didn't speak into that? We, we have a responsibility as believers. It takes courage, by the way, to do that. But we have a responsibility as believers to speak into that. Listen to what James says. This is James 5. He says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. He's saying you will save their life from destruction. You will save them from wrecking their life. If you will have the courage to speak in to their sin. Man, that's why I love what we see happening here at Edinburgh Church. Where we have seen the couples who are talking about divorce. And then there came healing and reconciliation. And now couples that were just surviving are now thriving. It's why I love that there were people who were struggling with addictions like pornography or painkillers and drugs like that that we know about who are now fighting against that temptation and fighting the good fight so that they can bring glory to their God. It's why I love we hear stories just recently about a couple who was living together but started coming to Edinburgh Church and was convicted. And so now they've decided to separate until they get married because they want to bring glory to their God. Friends, this is what our God does. He restores. He redeems. He heals. He shows us grace. He shows us mercy. And he says, I want to use you to be a trophy of my grace so that I get glory through how I'm working in your life. But oftentimes, it takes someone with the courage to step into that and confront somebody on that sin. And maybe you need that courage. Maybe there's a, there's a friend in mind, someone in mind that you need to step into 
their life, uh, maybe even this week. And by the way, if it's something you desire to do, you're probably not the person to do it, all right? You probably need to check your heart a little bit on that. But, um, but it is something that we have a responsibility to do. So when I'm making a judgment, I need to examine myself first, and I need to, to, to seek to restore a fellow Christian living in sin uh, because we know our God is a God who redeems. Friends, it's ultimately about pointing people back to Jesus. He's given us this responsibility. And so it, here's what I want to do. I want to close this out by just praying for us, praying over us. Maybe you'd be willing to bow your head. And Father, we are so thankful that you are a God who redeems. We are thankful that you are a God who teaches us also wisdom and how to make proper judgments. Why? Because you care for us, you love us, and you want us to be, you want us to be wise. And maybe there's someone here, someone listening, uh, who's, who's made a judgment just based on mere appearance. And God, we say we're sorry for that. Uh, we apologize for that this morning. Help, help us to maybe sit down with someone uh, and, and hear the full story of what's going on there if we're tempted to do that. God, maybe we've been judging uh, someone who's not yet a believer. Maybe we've just written that person off and maybe we've just said, you know, I'm not going to even have anything to do with that person because of the, the sin going on in their life. I pray that we'd be wise in having boundaries in place, but I also would pray that you would use us as your people to, to show them your love to be like Jesus, to be your, the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in that person's life so that maybe that person could come to know your son and be saved through him. Lord, some of us need to do some self-examination, and maybe we know even right now there, there's a plank in our eye. I pray you'd give us grace to deal with that. Whatever that is, we, we turn it over to you, God. You say, God, would you bring healing would you help us to do some wise self-reflection on maybe why we struggle with that sin, maybe why that sin is there? Would you give us wisdom for that? And ultimately, would you help redeem and restore us from that so that we can be wise in our judgments of others? And then, God, maybe there's somebody here who does need some restoration. Maybe they've been broken by their sin, and I just pray that in that person's life, you would speak grace. You would speak your love, you would speak your truth right now that you would wrap that person up in your loving arms and you would let them know that you are with them and that you have a good plan for their life. God, we thank you that you use us as trophies of your grace for your glory and for our good. There is hope in your name. Thank you. Thank you for the God that you are. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.